Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of the Good Faith Idea Exchange. For today's episode, I'm sitting down with Alora Maxwell. Alora is a new entry into the uh, realm of historical fiction. Um, she is a new author, um, a first-time author. She has a lot to say about the state of fiction novels uh, today, the publishing industry at large, uh, travel, and um, what it takes to write a good book, and um, also how all of those things uh, kind of flow together, how they all um, could possibly be a bit related. Uh, so we're going to be talking about all of those things. Um, this is part one of a two-parter, and um, I hope you guys enjoy. First, Alora, if you could please just tell me a little bit about your background and how long have you been in writing? Sure. Well, I always go back to, you know, my younger years in school. Like, I've always been someone who's loved to read, who's loved to write. Um, when I was in kindergarten, I had an assignment where I had to write about uh, from the perspective of being a pilgrim on the Mayflower. And that's just that first assignment that I really, really go back to all the time and just pinpoint that because the assignment was to write like two paragraphs from the perspective of the passenger. And I went like all out, like as a little kindergartner, I wrote like three pages and I created a, uh, like a cover for it and I made it look super dirty. Like I dug it up and I remember you had to read it in front of the class and everything. And I just like really thrived at that. And my teacher was blown away by that. And she ended up giving me um, books that were like way above my reading level. And so that teacher still has a really, really nice place in my heart because I mean, that's where I feel like my love for writing really started was with that one assignment that I really um, took hold of and ran with. And then, you know, through school, again, like always loved writing, always loved reading, took all of the extra English classes I could take and took journalism and did yearbook, all those things you can do in school. And then when I got to college, I kind of had a decision to make. I it had crossed my mind a few times to major in creative writing, but I kind of come from a family where it's like you have to go to school for a degree that you're going to get a job in. You know, you, you know, they scare you out of kind of doing the creative side of things. So I went for um, PR and marketing and um, journalism. So I still got to do what I love, which is writing and telling stories. It was just more a more focused and disciplined side of things. And I'm really thankful for that because I have an amazing job now that I love. And I still get to tell stories, which is the main thing that writing is. And that's the main thing I love doing, telling stories, sharing stories. Yeah, so I would just say all the way back from school. And that journey has kind of taken me in different directions, whether it be the journalism or your book or stuff like that. But I've always been a writer and a storyteller and a reader. Cool. Very, very cool. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, I think for everyone, you know, for everyone who's kind of had some sort of first love that, you know, is just very natural and, um, you know, kind of ingrained in them. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, you know, for a lot of people, you know, it, it's like you kind of need that first push. You kind of need that door open mm -hmm. for you. And, you know, if, if someone's able to open that door for you, you you've just got to walk through. And, you know, if yeah. you can do that, then, um, you know, then, then you really can uh, begin to, 
you know, manifest, you know, everything that, um, you know, all that potential. You know? Right. And honestly, like my teachers were the only ones who really knew about it. I won't really call it a talent cause I don't like that, but, um, the, the passion that I've had for writing, I never really shared that with my family or, you know, even my fiance up to a certain point, like they knew I liked to write. They knew I was kind of thinking about doing something in editing or um, writing in college, but they didn't really know the extent of it until very recently. And so my teachers and my professors were always kind of the ones who pushed me along and really ignited that flame and encouraged me more than anything. I had an amazing English teacher in high school, Miss Krivda. She was awesome. She made me the writer I am today. Like, I think she really like helped me hone my, hone my skills and everything. And she was the one who was like, you should do something in creative writing in college, but got scared out of it, of course. And then in, in college, my professors were always like, you're such a great writer. You're so good at what you do. You're such a great storyteller and everything. So, you know, finding that job after college was is wonderful and all that, but it's just something different between journalism and creative writing. And I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about that process in a little bit. Uh, but yeah, so it, you got to find those people that surround you that you're comfortable with sharing, you know, your passions and your talents with. All and for right. me, that was my professors. Cause at home I was the athlete and the person who's good in school but um, wasn't really the writer until very recently. And everyone was like, wait, what? You you wrote a book? Like, yes, I did write a book. <laughs> okay, awesome, awesome. Uh, well, yeah, let, let's let's kind of get into that. Um, sure. To that transitional point for you. Mm-hmm. Like, at what point um, did you make that decision to kind of transition from, you know, more the journalism side of things mm-hmm. and actually – commit yourself to writing your first full-length novel? Yeah, so uh, I've always had these stories in my drafts. I would post stuff online when I was in middle school, you know, like the fan fiction-y stuff, things like of that nature, but nothing quite as serious as what I write now. And this is, this is my passion, historical fiction is. But um, I started this particular book when I was a freshman in college because um, I was missing it already when I started the PR side of things. Um, but it took me a few years to even plot it out and anything of that nature because I was a student athlete. So essentially my job outside of doing classes was literally just practice and games and all of that stuff. So there really wasn't room for anything else. Uh, and then I graduated and I was in between an amazing internship and the job I have now. And I was just sitting at home alone and I didn't have anything to do. My fiance worked, my family worked. So I was like, you have to do something. You can't just sit around. That's never been me. So I was like, yeah, just go for it. So I set a goal of 2000 words a day. And for about four months straight, I did that. And I worked at it and worked at it until I finally thought it was at a place that I could potentially publish it. And that's, I mean, that's, that's really it. I, I, I would say, yeah, it's been in my drafts for a long time and it's something I've always wanted to do. When I turned 23, I was like, you have to publish this this year. Like this has to be your year. For what reason? I don't really know, but it's always been a goal of mine. And I just, for whatever reason, felt like the timing was right. Um, I had that free time to do it. I had 
finally told my fiance and let him read some of my stuff. And he's like, yeah, you, you do need to share this. You do need to publish this. And same with my family too. And they were actually always, they were always really, they were supportive of it once I told them, which I was kind of surprised because again, they, they were kind of the ones who pushed me away from it a little bit in the beginning, but, um, they, they've been amazing since then. And right. yeah. Right. Okay. That, that process does sound very interesting and actually making that transition to, mm-hmm. you know, bringing your family into it, bringing your fiance into it and everything. That's, that's very interesting. Um, and, you know, from my understanding, yeah, I believe you have a novel coming out next month. Um, yes. if I'm not mistaken. Okay. So is that the first novel that you've published? And, yep. you know, could you tell me a little bit about, you know, what this mm-hmm. novel is about? Yeah. So The Shore Forever is my debut novel. It comes out July 26th. Um, there's a big significance behind that. Uh, it's it's about the sinking of the Andrea Doria, which took place on July 26, 1956. So I wanted to do just a little bit something like that, just a little connection to history. But overall, my book is about three different people and three different ships, and they all converge in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean on that fateful night. So you have Eloisa Nicoletti. She's a young woman. She's coming to America with her fiance and her family. Um, they're they're kind of they've been displaced after World War II, as many many people had, even ten years after the war, and so on. And they will be traveling on the ill-fated Andrea Doria. Then you have Arden Lund. He is a um, a Swedish uh, sailor, and he's not quite over what he went through during the war. He's made a lot of mistakes that he has not come to peace with yet, and he. F- feels so overwhelmed by that fact that he feels like he can't go home, which is Sweden. And so he's found his peace. He's found his solace on the Swedish ship. It's like the closest that he can get to home without actually being home. And so uh, the Stockholm, this is history, so it's not a spoiler, but the Stockholm hits the Andrea Doria in 1956 and, and sinks her. So he's on that ship. And then my third and final perspective in this book is Adeline Darbone. She is kind of struggling with being a housewife in the 1950s. She also has a history with World War II, as do our other two characters. Um, Adeline was an army nurse, and unlike our other two characters, they they have very tragic histories. Adeline found World War II to be kind of her chance to step out, be independent, be somebody that is looked up upon. And so when that was over and she went back home, uh, she just kind of found herself being the daughter on a farm again, and that really wasn't her. So when this old flame comes back to her that she met during the war, she sees marrying him as an opportunity to have another adventure, to go back over there because he's French. And uh, again, she sees that as kind of her moment to step back out and have an adventure. But now she's 10 years past um, getting married. She has two beautiful daughters who she loves, but she is starting to kind of feel the the strain and kind of feels trapped in this relationship and being a housewife in the 1950s. So I know that was a lot, but um, at the heart of it, it is a story of the Andrea Doria sinking. Oh, Adeline is on the Ile de France, which was the main um, rescue ship during this. So she's kind of called upon to use her nursing skills. Um, so all three of these people, all three of these ships, um, shared histories in a way 
all converge in the middle of the Atlantic in 1956. Wow. All right. So a little historical fiction there. Um, yeah. Yeah. Lots. Got right. the history of the ships and history of World War II as well. I had to do a lot of research and not only just those two events, but three different countries as well. How was Sweden during World War II? How was Italy during World War II? How was America? How can I fit all three of these characters into that and also bring them into this very, very set focal point of the novel, which is the sinking? How long did it take you to research all of this? <laughs> so that's another, that's that great. That's great. That ties into kind of my first answer. So that very first teacher I talked about when I was speaking about, she gave me lots of books to read that were way above my reading level. She gave me a book and inside that book had the Andrea Doria story in it. So I, this story has always been in my head, honestly, since I was in kindergarten. Um, it's, it's one that you don't learn about in school, which is why I'm so fascinated by it, by it. I love those stories that you don't hear about, but you really should because they've got a lot of historical significance. But, you know, you learn about the Titanic and the Lusitania and you, you call it good. But, um, yeah, research is just stuff I've picked up over the years. I love his, history. I love history. That's that's the core of it. So um, just little bits here and there as you go. And then setting sitting down to actually plot this thing out, I had pages of notes. I read books about it. I was on the internet and doing all that stuff. But what's crazy about this is nobody there there's no great timeline of events for this like there is the titanic you know exactly where everyone is at every single moment you know it's been so mapped out and so well researched and then you have the andrea doria and it really hasn't been all that much there's not that as much information as you would think when you're trying to be so detailed in a book you kind of have to fill in some blanks and that's something I'm really passionate about is historical accuracy. So at times I got very frustrated because sometimes there just isn't that information that you want. So you just have to be a critical thinker and kind of fill in all of those blanks. Right, right. right. Mm -hmm. But a very long time, <laughs> a very long time to research this, <laughs> years. <laughs> that's, that's the bottom line, I guess. Yes. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Well, um, the way you're laying this out, I mean, it's honestly making me interested in like reading this book myself. So wow. That's, Great. That's what I want to hear. Yeah. You're doing a good job with this. Thank um, you. Yeah. Um, so you already kind of went into my next question, but mm -hmm. you know, if you want to touch on a couple more things on this, you can, I mean, feel free, but you know, I was going to ask what makes this novel different from others like it, you know, yeah. historical fiction novels that are mm -hmm. um, on bookshelves now. Yeah. I think when you look at a shelf of historical fiction, when you're at the bookstore, I think like 90% of it is going to be World War II fiction. And there's a reason for that. It's a very, very vast, not so far away that people can't wrap their head around it. It's, it's still kind of recent. So I think that's why it's such a popular mini genre to write in. And obviously mine deals with some, some of it, but at the core of it, it is the story of these three characters and the sinking. And uh, like I mentioned, I think just these tiny little pinpricks of history that you don't necessarily hear about in school are what I'm really interested in. 
things that I just am passionate about that other people haven't heard about yet. And so I just want my writing to be a gateway for people to dive into those historical moments and do their own research. That's really at the core of what I'm doing, what I want to do. All the drafts I have in my Google Drive are history you don't learn about in school, really. And so I think that's what makes mine just a little bit different. If you've ever read Salt to the Salt Salt to the Sea by Ruta Sapetis, um, it's it's kind of similar. It follows um, four different perspectives. Um, it's kind of during World War II. It showcases the sinking of the Willem Guslav, which is the deadliest maritime disaster in history. But again, you don't really learn about it in school. So I took a lot of inspiration from that book, but it's like the only one of its kind out there. So I I think mine's also very unique in that fact. And yeah, so just those very unique little print bricks of history. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. And then uh, I I imagine I kind of already... Yeah, I already know the answer to this question, but uh, based on what you've already said, but what is your favorite genre of storytelling and and why why is <laughs> yes. that? Historical fiction would be the answer. Um, again, it's just a gateway to learning so much. And especially modern historical fiction, it it tells a story in a way that's digestible for a modern audience to read or absorb or watch. Um, we're we're very active people we have very limited time spans for our brains before we need to move on to something so i think sometimes even when historical fiction is not told in a very accurate way it is still that first step for people to dive in learn more read more be inspired by more and that's awesome because growing up it was like history was everybody's least favorite subject and that was not my case and i don't I like don't understand why people did not like history class all that much because it's just hearing other people's stories. And that just fascinates me as a storyteller, of course, that would be my answer. But yeah, I, I think historical fiction is the answer to that. And you can tell so many stories and you can go back to any day of any year ever. And there's a story to tell about it. All right. So this concludes part one of my two-parter with Laura Maxwell. Stay tuned next week for part two, where we dive more into uh, travel. We dive a little deeper into uh, publishing, uh, traditional versus uh, taking the independent route. And, uh, you know, we we get a little bit more into um, how everything kind of meshes together. But uh, that's coming next week. Stay tuned. Hope everyone has a great day.